Again, just thank you so much for everybody who's contributed and made that possible. Another quick update. Let me just give this to you. Our home groups are coming up, and we're starting. We're having a planning meeting this afternoon with all of our home group leaders after church. But then uh, uh, there's sign-up sheets back there. Plug in once a month to get together and have fellowship together. I just really want to encourage you. Find a home group that you could be a part of and uh, just to get together. It's hard in, in, in a group setting. Like, come in, you say hello. You don't have time to pray for one another encourage one another. You're, you're never really going to get to know one another. You're going to have to take somebody out to lunch. You've got to spend time with one another. But a time to come together, potluck together, talk about the Word, share with what God's doing you, pray together, all that stuff, it's awesome. And then, before you leave today, make sure you get, because uh, uh, Tuesday is March 1st, and so starting March 1st, we have the new Word for today, so you can pick that up, the daily devotional. These will bless you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, all that good stuff. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, this morning, uh, I'll probably just give you a, uh, an encouragement. Buy the CD from first service. <laughs> I, just, uh, it, I, 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 I hope I can duplicate. Amen. So, uh, or give you what the Lord gave us in first service. I, I hope I can bring that same thing out. That's my prayer and uh, my meditation this morning in this. Um, when we began this uh, series on the leap of faith and what God was speaking to us and what I felt the Lord directing us and doing and the reason for going on this is because of what I felt God stirred in my heart. And so this last week... Um, I had the opportunity to be in three different meetings uh, with ministers, fellow ministers and that, in three different locations, listening to three different people who have no connection in any way, shape, or form to each other, and they all essentially were ministering basically the same thing. Ministering about not becoming stagnant in your faith, pressing, moving. And some of them were, were, were senior men of God. One was our district superintendent, Dr. James Braddy, who's stepping down from being our district superintendent. He's been there for 14 years. He's stepping down, and now he's moving on. And, but he's, he goes, he's turning 70, but he's not finished with ministry. He says, I'm filling out my resume. I'm moving forward. God has something for it. We're going to travel. I may write. We're going to do that. But I'm going to keep being productive for God. Because as I said last week, and that's the thing we need to understand. You have to listen to the world to quit. Amen. Even in life, you have to listen to the world to quit. The word retirement is not in your Bible. There, there is no retirement in the Word of God. As you age, things get redefined and things get reallocated and do stuff. But you're supposed to be productive. And besides that, the oldest vines produce the sweetest grapes. Glory to God. Amen. I'm moving into the sweetest time of my life. Glory to God. Amen. The most productive time. The highest value is on the... And so in that, you should be looking for that. You should be expecting that. And then I went and heard Al Hollingsworth at the City Pastors Fellowship. And there he's talking and ministering. And, and a very successful businessman. Travels all over the world. Motivation, health, businesses, corporation. Doing all kinds of... I mean, a, just a super, super successful person. And the Spirit of God telling him... He said the Spirit of God asked him, Hey, that, that's cool. You like all this? That's everything. That's awesome. What are you doing for me now? Because it's easy to walk in what God's done for you to get to a place in God. See, in, in, in our personal life, all of us with children, if our children ever stop growing or maturing at any level, we'd take them to the doctor to find out what's wrong. We'd want to know, how come my child isn't maturing? How come they stopped? How come they reached this level and, and they're not getting going any further? What is wrong with them? 
Amen. In the natural, we'd be very concerned for our children. Well, in the spirit, that's the same thing. First Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says that as newborn babes, we're just to desire the sincere milk of the word that we should grow thereby. And the Bible tells us over and over in the scriptures that this is a growing process in God. We should always be growing. We should always be maturing, even into Psalms 92, that we should still be bearing fruit in old age. They'll be, and they'll still bring forth fruit in all day. And so we can't quit. What happens to us, though, in Christianity is we get to the place where we quit growing. We just call ourselves mature now. Well, you're not mature. You're stagnant. Amen. So there has to be the kingdom is about a flow. But in order to stay there, you have to keep taking that leap of faith. You have to keep stepping forward. You can never sit back and just become stagnant. Al Hollingsworth said, you know what? Our life is comfortable. We have a nice home. We have everything. Everything's good. We're secure. We don't have to do anything. But the bottom line is, God challenged me. I'm not using my faith anymore. And then Jesse DePlanter Thursday night said the same thing. So I'm listening to, to, to Dr. Jane Brady, I'm listening to Al Hallensworth. And then Thursday night I go hear Jesse DePlanter totally from another angle talking about that God is able to do anything and stirring it up and about using faith. He's talking about he's, he's in a situation. The Lord asked him, do you like what you have? Do you like what this? I said, so what, what is this it? Is this all I'm going to do in your life? You're, so you're done. You've reached it. You're pinnacle. You're there. Is that it? What else? What else is there? Where are you going? And so you hear, I'm in these three men of God pushing us, challenging us. Where are you at and where are you going? And God not allowing them to find a place of reservation and just sitting down and camping and just resigning to where they are. But the Spirit of God pressing them. And I got all fired up. I said, God, how could you take me to three different areas on Tuesday and on Thursday? Three totally different meetings, totally, totally. And then say, and, and through everyone, I'm writing down, leap of faith, leap of faith. Leap of faith. I go, God, you're awesome. Amen. So I'm just telling you that if God is doing that, I believe we are positioned for something great that God wants to do in this day and this time. Look at the cover of your outline. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Amen. And then as I was sitting there Thursday night and, and, and these last couple of days since then, and I've just been praying and talking to the Lord about it, but God keeps reminding me, and, and some of you who are new here don't know the area of my testimony where on a Sunday morning I pulled up out here in front of the sanctuary and I pulled up in my truck, I was unloading, and my office used to be on this side up here, and so I was unloading, taking my stuff upstairs to the office in preparation for service, and I, I, it felt like the Spirit of God just was shouting on the inside of me, and that time I was 47 and a half years old, and I heard the Spirit of God say inside of me, 50 to 70 will be your most productive years. And I'm like 47 and a half. I said, well, why are we waiting? <laughs> That's like two and a half years to begin. I go, what do we do? And, but I've been in the ministry now for 19 years. At that time, I've already been in full-time ministry for 19 years. And so now I said, 50, I want you to hear me, 50 to 70 will be your most productive, not your declining years. Your most productive years. And so during that time, that's when we've, we've done most of our outreach. That's when we launched the Lord's Gym and things like that. And so I'm looking at this. I'm 63 in May. i got seven great years of promise left. Amen? And so I'm thinking about that, but there's something. So if, but if I can have the word of the Lord, but if I don't take a leap of faith in connection with it, if I'm just standing back waiting for God to do it, nothing's going to happen. I'll get to 70 and I will produce nothing greater. But God said, hey, I have 
a season of opportunity and a time of purpose for you that I will do greater things in your life during this span than I did at any other span. But it takes me agreeing with God by faith and taking leaps of faith and putting into action what I'm believing for. Are you with me this morning? The same truth and the principle applies to you. Your word from God can be different, but it gets off, go, starts going off on the inside of me. And then as we moved into this year, we've been talking and we're looking. I don't mind building a kitchen in another man's building, but bless God, this is not my home. I'll make it nice while I'm here, but we're going to have our own place, our own building, our own land. Before I reach 70, this is not our home. Amen. So I'm believing God for, but you have to press yourself to make sure. And so it is impossible to please God without faith. And faith, you have to see something in faith. You don't just say, well, I have faith. Because James said it like this. James said, if I can't see your faith, you don't have faith. James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is just a dead statement. So the writer to the Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible. So if there is not an action connected to my faith, then I'll just be as polite as I can. My Christianity is not pleasing God. No matter how pleasing, no, no matter how self-vindicated I feel in my faith and in my belief in God, if there is not a corresponding act of faith, I'm not pleasing God. I'm just glad it's in the Bible and I'm not making this stuff up. Because it says anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Amen? And how many know seeking God's not easy? One thing Al, Al, Al Hallingsworth said, and was so good, and we talked about it, about not being spectators, and then he brings this whole thing, this illustration in, about playing through the pain. Let me just give you this statement right here. The capacity of enduring one's suffering is the indicator of one's greatness. What a statement. The capacity of enduring one's suffering is the indicator of one's greatness. In sports, they call it playing through the pain. And so to be a professional athlete and to do that, I can think of a lot of professional athletes that play through the pain that keep going. I go back and I look at my life. I remember when they told me when I had hepatitis C, I said, that's all right, this too shall pass. So while I'm going through chemotherapy, I said, man, I'm not going to use this as an excuse to not do it. I'm still going to travel. I'm still going to speak. I'm going to preach every service. Bless God. I will play through the pain. And so when you determine, hear me this morning, the capacity of enduring one's suffering is the indicator of one's greatness. Wow. I was going to do a bunch of pictures. I, I told them in first service, I'm, I'm like wound up in seven different directions. So I have no idea once I start where I'm going. Amen. So look at that. Anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. And sometimes when it comes to seeking God, it just means staying consistent. I'm thankful for Bill and Lori who have been consistent for 19 years playing in our worship team. Amen. 19 years. I can tell you what. You want to talk to them. There's a bit. Well, they don't let me play the songs I like to play. And they're gone. But I still got a faithful team right here. And people transit. But faithfulness and playing through your pain and playing through that. I'm thankful for Don Frustel, who for the last 20 years has been our head usher and watching people come through. You know, you just show up every time. You make sure the place is cleaned up. You make sure there's bulletins out. You make sure things happen. And you just do that. You never get seen. You never get recognized. But you do it for 20 years. Woo! Glory to God. 
I'm thankful for so many that have been faithful, and it just has to do that. Because while you're serving, you wonder, where are the people? Where did they go? They said they'd be here. They didn't show up. They signed up. They said they're here. They were all excited. They told me they were all in. Now where are they? Uh, just good preaching this morning, whether you ever... I, I, I'm, oh, hey. Make this confession with me this morning. Father, today I choose to break free from all doubt, fears, insecurities, and the lies of the devil that seek to hinder and restrain my faith in you. No longer will I be content to be a spectator in the kingdom of God. Today I choose to take the leap of faith. Believing to see all that you have purposed to come to pass in my life and to live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now let me ask you this. When it comes to being in the game, how many ever played sports? How many ever played team sports? I played baseball and that. I played basketball a little bit. But I wrestled. And so wrestling is the individual one-on-one sport in that. But anytime you're in a team sport, teams have a coach. Amen? And coaches usually call the plays, not the individual player. If you're on a team sport and all the players in the game are all individually calling their own plays, that team is going to lose. So the coach calls the plays for the team. My question to you today is who's calling your plays in your life? You're in the team of the body of Christ. The moment you get saved, you get baptized in the body of Christ. It's called headship. It's called lordship. And Jesus is the head. And you and I, and when it comes to authority, yes, we have authority. But our authority is to fulfill the commission that is upon our life. The thing and the purpose he has sent us to do. So my authority is to do what he has sent me to do. The word apostle means a sent one. And apostles have authority because they're sent to accomplish a task, to fulfill a work, to establish a purpose. It is an authority so I can do my own thing. I don't have authority to be independent and call my own play. I have authority when I'm running his play. Are you with me? And so many Christians go back and forth to go, hey, how come this thing isn't working in my life? I always have one question. Who's calling the plays? You or God? Are we doing all right? Well, I, I tried running with God plays, but every time I ran his plays, I got injured. Well, play through your pain, Bubba. Come on, the sign of greatness, can you take it? If you can't take a lick, I shared in first service kind of like this, and, and, and uh, I was thinking about it. You know, there's lots of people, and they want to be on the team. They like to wear the uniform. They like to go through the whole season and all that. They would love to get the letter on their jersey, you know, on their jacket and all that, walk around, I lettered in there. But did you ever play in the game? No, I just sat on the bench. Coach asked me to get in a couple times, but I said, no, if I get in, I could get hit and injured. So I'm, I'm content just to be on the team, just have the title of a team member and to sit on the bench and to root for everybody else. But, you know, I really don't want to be in the game because it's much safer just to be over here. But I love, the, I love the uniform. I love the recognition. All right. Now, let me just make it personal because if that wasn't enough. Let me put it like this. Church attendance... Is not a work of faith. Not a work of faith. No. Unless your church attendance brings increase into his kingdom. Church attendance 
builds you up personally. Church gathering together is to build ourselves up, to strengthen ourselves, so that we're equipped to do the work. Church attendance is for, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the edifying of the church, for, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the work of the ministry. So we come in to be edified, to be strengthened, to be built, to be empowered, to be coached, and then to be sent into the game. Are you with me? So that's where we're working. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, watch this. Are you there waiting on me? Awesome. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, watch this. Beginning in verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities... But it is the same God who works all in all. Isn't it amazing that the Trinity showed up right there? I had the Jehovah Witnesses at my door a couple weeks ago. And they said, oh, I can tell by your speech you believe in the Trinity. I said, yes, I do. It's all over in your Bible and mine too. So look at the same spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. Are you with me? But watch what it says. There are diversities there. There are differences there. I have four biological children and, 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 and seven grandchildren by August of this year. I can call them because they're in the womb bacon. Hallelujah. They're already mine. They're mine. Hallelujah. Amen. My second granddaughter will be born. Little baby Grace celebrated her birthday on, uh, on uh, yesterday we celebrated, but she, last Sunday with Dana was her first year old birthday, and so we're celebrating her, but our second little baby, baby girl, Aurora, is going to be born on April 26th. That's the due date anyway, and then we're going to find out Wednesday what my daughter's having. Hallelujah. JD is going to have a sibling. Glory to God. That'll help that boy out a lot. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He needs like three or four. I've tried to rent him a couple of siblings here. But uh, anyway. So, but, but out of all, but you know what's amazing? Out, out of all the children connected in my life, every one of them is different. Every one of them is different. Amen. We were at Sean and Dana's yesterday for Grace's birthday party. And little JD, he's so observant of everything. He just observes everything. He doesn't talk yet. But he, I mean, the, the kid just takes everything in and he's watching, but he just observes everything. So these lines in the carpet, if this was a sidewalk, he'd come up and go, he'd turn around and go back. Because he sees the cracks in the, in the car. And to him, it looks like the Grand Canyon. To go, they can't go this way. So they go back this way. And then he gets trapped in square. It's awesome. Amen. <laughs> and, so he, and so he's watching. But yesterday he's outside. And I love it because I just laugh and take videos. Amen. And uh, so then uh, he's outside. And she was telling me he was outside. And when he sees it and the slope or contour and stuff, he's on the driveway. And so there he is. And he's, and he's checking everything out. And he's going along. And, and he comes and he sees this little girl. And so instead of going over, he goes like, okay, I'll walk up to here. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he come back, okay, and then he got to go up, okay, <laughs> all right, why? Because to be used by God and to take a leap of faith in diversity, sometimes what happens, and the reason we don't in the game, is we're afraid of making a mistake, and we're cautious, we're cautious in doing that, but at least he gets down, he's caught, but he's still engaged, he's still participating, and you can be cautious, but instead of just standing, nope, 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 he's figured out at least I can get over it this way. And I can keep, I keep progressing. I'm still participating. What we do is we stay in, nope, used by God, nope, and then nope. And we stay in this perpetual circle and we're trapped. 
And then we think about our diversity. But think about that. All of our grandkids, JD's like that, but Grace, she's like, and just going. She's walking at 12 months old. She's like, she can clap. She can do all this stuff. JD, just look at you. JD, clap you. Say, Papa. And say hi. But, but he, 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 he's him. He's him. And I got my other three grand. I got Jake. Jake is Jake. And Ben is a, Ben will sit and play with Legos for 36 days straight, man. He, 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 don't need, he really doesn't even need food. That's why he's so skinny. He just like stay there and play, make stuff up, man. And then Chase, we don't know what Chase is yet. So we're just kind of figuring him out. Amen. But, but, they're, but they're all individuals. And, the, and so there's diversities. There, there's diff- and so for you, you don't have to be like to be used by God. When you take your leap of faith, it's going to look different for you. It's going to come through you differently. But it's going to be God working through you. So take the leap. Don't get locked in a square. Are you with me this morning? Look at the cover of your outline. Seasons of opportunity and times of purpose is what I want to talk about for these next few moments. Seasons of opportunity are always connected to times of purpose and destiny. They're always connected to times of purpose and destiny, and they require the leap of faith. A season of opportunity. When it comes to the working of the Spirit, it it, it happens in a moment, in a season. And you and I, we have to be willing to take the leap of faith and say, God, I'm here. And I'm willing to be used by you. And and so I stand on the precipice of being ready to be used. By faith, I'm willing. And it'll come across differently. It doesn't have to look like everybody else. And at times it may look like I'm just crawling to get there. But glory to God, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by him because it is a season of opportunity for a specific purpose that God wants to accomplish in that time. And so he gives the manifestation of his spirit to each and every one. Read with me a little bit further and watch this. Verse 5 or verse 7. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Manifestation means literally this, that God in heaven. The word manifestation means expression through extension. And so God says, I will express myself in the earth by extending myself into you by my spirit. And so God puts his spirit in us, and now he expresses himself through us, through the manifestation, but he gives it to each one, everyone. But wait a minute, to be used by God. And then if we go on and read, there's nine gifts of expression, manifestations of the Holy, the word of wisdom, the word of not, the discerning of spirit, prophets, and healing, faith, and miracle, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. So there's nine specific expressions, and they can flow together, they can flow, all can flow in you, and we do all the stupid religious stuff, and we try to just pick one. He didn't say one gift was given to him. He said the manifestation. And then he said there is a ninefold manifestation of how he worked. And so for me, I choose to take the leap of faith. I'll take all nine. 
They're all, if you find where you only get to pick one and never operate in anything else, show me the verse. But I saw the one that the manifestation described as a ninefold manifestation is available to everyone. And it comes through every time it comes out through each person. It's as individual and diversified as all of my children. Amen. Out of the 11 children attached to me, out of all those children, there's that diversity. Out of this congregation, there's mass diversity. Are you with me this morning? All right. We didn't get very far in first service either, but it was good. (laughs) So what? Seasons of opportunity are always connected to times of purpose and destiny, and they require the leap of faith. For the believer, these are the times when the Lord is getting ready to reveal and accomplish his purpose through you. Reveal and accomplish his purpose through you. God has purpose that he wants to accomplish through you. And, 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 it, and, and it comes at different times, and it comes at different seasons. It, it isn't just whenever you want to get in. How I many know if you're on a team sport, and the game is played on Friday afternoon, you can't show up Saturday and say, hey, coach, put me in the game? The game was already played. You have to be available in the game. You have to be ready. You have to be trained. You have to be prepared. You have to be suited up to get in the game. You can't just play the game. Oh, well, okay, I'll put you in. You go out on the field and wait till another team shows up. <laughs> Friday night, the team played football. Saturday, you show up to play in the game. There's nobody there. There's no stand. There's nothing. Well, wait. Sooner or later, another game will arrive. All right, some of you are getting that. You don't get to choose your season. The leap of faith keeps you ready to be put in the game. Are you with me? Because it comes, many times it comes without notice. Stay with me. For the believer, our life must be connected to his purpose. For the believer, if I'm a believer, my life has to be connected to his purpose. Not my plan, not what his purpose has to be connected there. I believe 2016 is a season of opportunity and a time of purpose for your life and for our church. I do not think it is a mistake. I believe there's a specific kingdom season that's happening in the earth right now. That's what I feel. For, for me to have the Spirit of God speaking this to me, and then for me to go over here and hear this minister uh, of a leading denomination, a worldwide denomination in, 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 in today speaking on this and bringing this up, and then I go over here, and here's a man who has a worldwide ministry outreach, and he's speaking this here, and this is what God's saying to him. And then I go over here, and here's another three men with world impact saying the same thing and speaking the same thing into the here. God's trying to say something to us. So now I have a choice as a believer, me, as an individual believer sitting in those meetings, hearing the word of God preached to me, I've choose, and then I listen to what the word of the Lord has been saying to me and say, wait a minute, whoa, I'm in a season, amen, I'm ready, this is a season, I believe it is a season of opportunity and a time of purpose for your life and for the church, why, everybody look up here, because God is corporate, He's not individual. The moment you get saved, you go from being one to being one. You you go from being one isolated to one in him. And so, yes, you're one, but your one is in him. And so you're put into this corporate thing 
Are you with me? And so if God is doing something in his church, then he's doing something individually in you as well. Woo! Amen. This won't help you, but I got saved this morning. It's awesome. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I, we will have to seize the moment or it will pass us by. I haven't told this for a long time. When I first started operating in the gifts of the Spirit at our home church, I'd been saved about a year and a half. Doug Bird and I had been saved about a year and a half. We're in the middle of Bible school, and Brotherhood comes into Bible school, and he says, hey, uh, we've been praying, and we're going to have, at, at New Life Assembly, they had the old altar, uh, I mean, the old choir loft up there in, in the monastery rails where the choir sit down and the bleachers up there behind and stuff. And so he said, uh, we're going to have ministering elders in our services. And so at the altar call, you guys are going to come prayed up and ready to, to pray with the people when they answer the altar call. So we need, we're choosing out 10 men in our church to be ministering elder to pray for people at the altar call. And Doug and I are looking at you. Oh, we, we don't even know nothing. We've been saving it like a year and a half, and we're, we're just in our first semester of Bible school, and Brother Hood's going, we, and he goes, we, I, I want you and Doug to be two of the elders. And then he walks out of the room, Doug and I look at each other, we start crying, we're on our face, oh God, oh we got to do anything our pastor wants to use, oh God, oh God. So then we show up at church. He goes, all right, you guys come sit on the platform. When the altar comes, you guys got to go down there and pray for people. We're going, oh, God, oh, God, <laughs> amen. But then the Spirit of God starts stirring in me, and I'd given a couple messages in time, but I never prophesied. I never done like the Lord involved you this morning. I never given the word of the Lord like that in the edification. And so the Spirit of God's stirring on the inside of me, and I'm hearing this voice. And I said, Lord, if you give me a message, I'll speak it. And, and then next thing you know, a message in tongues come out, and I go, God, is this you? And then all of a sudden, the interpretation comes out, and I go, I had that. I had that. The problem was, is I'm sitting right now. I'm sitting right. I'm not out there. Brotherhood sat in front, and I'm sitting right behind my pastor. And so I'm intimidated by proximity. So I'm sitting right behind him, and so the message, then that message comes, and then I turn around again. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I've been on there tonight. I had a lot of that going on. And so then, next week, we do the whole thing again. And I'm there, and, and the, the message, and, and, uh, and, 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 and before the message comes out, I go, I got, I, I, God, is this you? Is this you? And then, da, 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 and then it comes out, I go, I got that again. <laughs> I did that three weeks in a row. And finally, I said, okay, I got it. I know your voice. And, and, and so I was J.D. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I'm crawling, but I want to be in, but I'm crawling. But then all of a sudden I say, God, I'm going for it. And you just take the leap of faith and you go. That's amazing. And then God speaks and he gets confirmed. But you have to take that leap of faith. Are you with me this morning? So, but, but it's just a season. So here it is, a season. I go, well, God, could I hold that word till next? Well, I, I, hold on that. We could do that next week. No, this is the game. Amen. It's here. You don't get to hold on to it. You got to play in the game. But see, then again, well, if I play, what if I mess up? What if I get injured? What if I get messed up? What if people talk about me? What if people say things about me? Hey, let me just say this. They're doing it anyway. Why not have fun? Why not enjoy the presence of God? I mean, why not be used by God while they talk about you? Who cares what they say? 
but they're not God. Quit being impressed by people's opinion. Quit being hindered by people's opinion. There's only one opinion I care about, and it comes from heaven. Somebody ought to shout amen. Hallelujah. So watch it. So this is that year for God's people to rise up in the anointing and authority that he has given us to establish his kingdom. God said to Ezekiel, son of man, prophesy. Son of man, prophesy. Now that's hard because what that means is is you have to get specific. You have to get specific. You have to say exactly what you want to declare. You have to be specific. And that's hard. I remember the, the, the account in the Bible of blind Bartimaeus. You can go back and read it. Mark chapter 10. Starts in about verse 42 and goes on. And blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the road. Jesus is leaving Jericho. And he hears Bartimaeus here. Hey, it's Jesus who is passing by. And he goes, it's Jesus? And they go, yes. He goes, I've heard about him. He's doing miracles. People are getting answered. And so Bartimaeus begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Everybody say mercy. mercy. Listen, have mercy on me. And so that's the cry that stopped God. Jesus stops. And then he says, now bring him to me. So the son of God asks for a blind man who's crying out for mercy to be brought to him. Okay. Now, how many know Jesus, as the son of God, can discern? If he could discern, if we go back to Mark chapter 2, when they let the lame man down through the roof, and the Pharisees sitting around were thinking in their hearts... Who is he to say he can't forgive sin? Who, so Jesus is discerning what they're thinking in their heart. I think he could discern what Bartimaeus would meant when he said mercy. Do you understand where I just went there? And so, but Jesus brings him to him, and, and the cry for mercy has got Jesus' attention, and he's standing there. And so when Bartimaeus gets to him, okay, just simple deduction. Cry for mercy, he's blind. How many know he could have said, be healed, receive your sight? He did not do that. He made, but he, this is what he said. He spoke to Bartimaeus and he says, what do you want me to do for you? He made him say it specifically. And a season of opportunity and a time of purpose and to receive from God, you have to say specifically what you want. That's the leap of faith. Because we just want to be religious and we want to pray great prayer, emotional prayer for the mercy of God, for the grace of God, the provision of God, the abundance of God. And God's going, what do you want me to do for you, I do specifics. I don't do generalities. Do you understand that? I don't do general. Because if, if Jesus would have answered just the cry for mercy, it could have been anything. It could have been anything. Mercy encompasses anything. So he says, what do you Want. And the leap of faith is willing to say, I want. It's in your word. It's in your promise. I'm not making it up. It's connected to your purpose for my life. Sean said it in, in the prayer. It's in the covenant. Come on. 
It's part of the covenant and the contract that I have with you. I want to see. Okay. That was it. Amen. And so when it comes to, and so what we do, we get discouraged because we're praying these great general prayers and we're not seeing any answers. And God's just going, as soon as you tell me what you want, we'll get to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we have to launch into that. Are you with me this morning? All right. So what do you want? And this one often, see, I've been very specific. I've been praying, Lord, you know, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? Lord, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? Are we supposed to stay here? Are we supposed to stay? And I'm just like, and Thursday night, it just went off. So I said, I want our own building. And when I look at this building, if if I'm buying, this isn't what I want. How many know what I'm saying? This isn't what I want. I don't want a building where I'm going to have to spend $200,000 on a parking lot and $500,000 on siding and sheeting to get this building up to being used. If I'm going to spend another $700,000 to $800,000 to fix this building, I might as well put that on a brand new building. Somebody ought to shout amen. So I just said, this isn't what I want. And I don't want to leave a rented facility to the next. I got seven years left, glory to God. I got set. Now listen to what I'm saying. God will talk the same to you. God told me 50 to 70 will be your most productive year. I got seven years of most productive left. Do you know what I'm saying? And so in that, I'm believing. If I'm going to pass a baton to the next generation, I don't want to pass a baton of a rented building that we've made nice and usable and everything. That's not passing on a legacy. That's passing on a debt. That's passing on an encumbrance. Are you with me? So I'm saying, I believe we're the right people, that we're positioned in the right place. Amen. It doesn't take a lot of people to do great things for God. We had less people than this when we built the Lord's gym. And we did stuff, something greater there than churches five times our size would even attempt to do. All you got to do is believe it was our season of opportunity. And look at that. We said that from 1998 to 2006. We were believing for the Lord's gym. For eight years, we were believing for the Lord's gym. We, we said, we're going to have a Lord's gym. 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 For eight years, we said it. And then we had an eight years suddenly. And then we found out it wasn't an eight years suddenly. When the building was up over here, and, and we had the band rep opening in El Dorado County, Lord's gym, El Dorado County, opening soon. I was over there sitting next to Sue, and I look across the sanctuary, and that's exactly what motivated me to move Bieber to come here and start the church. I wanted to build a gym and a youth outreach center in Bieber, California, where we were on the 38 acres that we had that our Christian school was on. And the people said, that's, we can't do that. That's not possible. And that made me uncomfortable there. And God stirred the whole thing. And so I'm standing over here. I'm looking over there. And it was 17 years later from what stirred me, what God put in me there. Actually, it was 19 years because it was two years before we left that I had it in my spirit. It was 17 years after we got here and two years before. So it was a 19 year suddenly. If you're in a hurry with God, you'll miss your season of opportunity and your time of purpose. Are you with me this morning? Somebody ought to give the Lord a good praise this morning. Amen. Hey. So God said, son of man, prophesy. Turn to the inside of your outline. You guys are taking more time than first service did. More of you to preach to. Amen. That's changing too. They're growing. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Watch this. Never has so much been in the hands of so many to accomplish so much for the kingdom of God. I believe that with all my heart. There's never been so much in the hands of so many to, do, to accomplish so much for the kingdom of God. This is what I believe. I believe that this will not only be our season of opportunity, but also of accountability before God. In the parable of the talent, Jesus gave talent. You read the parables that he showed. Over and over, he showed accountability in the lives of those who are serving him. In the parable of the talents, in the, par- in the parable of the steward, in all of that. That not only is there an empowerment, not, not only is, is there a positioning into purpose, but there's also of accountability in that season that you are given. Are you with me? And so it's up to us, each and every one of us, to be a part of that. And, and that's where we get. See what happens today in America is as people get into church and there comes that season where, where, where requirement takes place and responsibility takes place and buying into vision and making things happen. People go, well, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to go in. I, I prefer calling my plays for my life. All right, moving right along. So watch this. It's our time to use what God has placed in our hands to fulfill His purpose concerning us. It's time for us to use what God has placed in our hands to fulfill His purpose concerning us. The problem is, is that these are the times that bring about the testing of our faith. The testing of our faith. Turn your outline over and write this on the back. I'm going to give it to you again. If you've been here long, you've heard me say it over and over over the years, but I'll give it to you again. Never forget it. Love desires to give at the expense of self because love desires to give. Or actually, I put the first desire in there. It's supposed to just be love gives at the expense of self because love desires to give. Love gives at the expense of self because love desires to give. At the expense of self, love gives. Lust takes at the expense of others because lust desires to give. If I tell someone I love them, but I'm not willing to give anything of myself, there's no expense to myself in that relation. I'm not in love, I'm in lust. The teenage boy says to the girl, I love you because he wants to get sex from her. He doesn't love her. If he loved her, he said, I love you, and I treasure you, and I value, and I will never ask you to compromise yourself to give me pleasure. Because your value is greater than my desire. Doing all right? Love desires to give at the expense of self, because love desires to give. Amen? Amen? Lust takes. Lust says, I love you so I can get from you. I love you. Gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. (laughs) If you name Jim in here, I'm not talking about you. It's an illustration. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. I used to say those Joe statements, but we got so many Joes going to church. I got to come up with different statements now. Anyway, that's a good thing. 
Hallelujah. But for us in giving, now what? I love and I give. So a season of opportunity and a time of purpose. A season of opportunity and a time of purpose. Go with me to Luke chapter 16. The testing of your faith. James chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says, my, my dear brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith works patience. The word patience there means steadfast, consistent, endurance. Steadfast, consistent, endurance. How do you be the worship leader in a church for almost 20 years? Steadfast, consistent, endurance. How, how do you serve and you usher? How do you do this? How do you work and you serve? How do you do what Mike has done? And all these others and great leaders that we have in our church. How, how do these people do that? How do they stay faithful doing that? By steadfast, consistent, because there will always come a testing to your faith. There will always be a better offer to move you off of faithfulness. Very good. Very good. Amen. Let me just say that you, you can do things everywhere. Here, here's the principle that the devil understands that we don't understand. is people can do things for God anywhere, but you can't fulfill purpose anywhere. You can only feel purpose in your appointed place and in your set place. Do you understand that? You can't fulfill purpose anywhere. Oh, I can go anywhere. That, that's where God challenged me. I said, but those, they didn't want to build that gym. They didn't want to do that. I said, bless God. I'm out of here. I'll take my ministry. I'll go somewhere. I don't have to put up with these stupid people. They have no vision. Then there's a little town of 500 people. I've been up here pouring my life into them for six years. They don't even want to follow anything. Glory to God. They sit back and I go, well, you're going to Holy Ghost. I go, man, I've had enough. <laughs> I know we have a great church. You never felt like that going to church here. I'm out of it. I started saying, I can take my ministry and go anywhere and do something for God. That's what I'll do. And you heard me say, that's when the Lord said, you ought to say if the Lord wills, I'll go here or there and buy and sell and make gain. So the Lord made me stay there and other. And while I'm there, we had the best. The last six weeks before we left Bieber, you know what God gave us? He gave us a revival in young people. You live in a town of 500 people and 33 teenagers get saved? The last six weeks, 33 teenagers came to the Lord the last six weeks. I said, Lord, what are you doing? I'm leaving. He said, isn't this a nice way to go? I said, well, yeah, Okay. Why not go? Why go out on a negative when you can go out on a positive? Amen. And so God, and so you get confident. God, God, and because the key, here's the key. How do you know whether you're leaving right or not? I'll give this to you. How do you know whether you left right or not? Can you go back? Can you go back? Most pastors I know who leave churches can't go back there. I can go back because I left right. How many know what I'm saying? Because the way you leave determines how you enter. If you don't leave a place right, you don't enter the next place right. And the way you left follows you to where you are. And it doesn't matter. All the, oh. Amen. These things bring about the testing of our faith. Luke chapter 16. Are you still with me this morning? See, this is what I believe. I believe we're seasoned wood primed for a great fire for God. I believe our church, our congregation, well, we are seasoned wood. We're not wet wood. We're seasoned wood. We're primed. We're ready to ignite a fire and a revival in El Dorado County. I believe we're at a great season of opportunity. Here are the questions that I ask myself before we read Luke here. Follow me through these questions. I have to ask myself, am I committed to his cause? Am I committed to his cause? The testing of my faith. Am I committed to his cause? Or am I calling my own place? Secondly, 
Have I heard his voice? Have I heard his voice? What is that? Could, could I just get you to picture this? I believe, I believe with all my heart, I've heard the voice of God. I, I love the prophets in, in the Old Testament. It's written over, and the word of the Lord came unto me saying. The word of the Lord came to me saying. And he said, son of man, prophesy. But God, can you get that? God will let you hear his voice. And he doesn't just speak to a heart so we can just go, hey, I heard God's voice. No, he's trying to reset you out, launch you into a season of opportunity and to fulfill his purpose through your life. And then thirdly, I ask myself, am I willing to act in this season of opportunity and fulfill the time of purpose for my life? Am I willing to act? That's the leap of faith. Okay, I hear. I'm committed to his call. I've heard his voice. Now will I take the leap of faith? Am I willing to act? Why? Because often these small acts of obedience and seasons of opportunity and times of purpose are testing times of faithfulness to see if we can be entrusted with the true riches of the kingdom of God. Let me close on this thought. This is what happened. Love desires to give. Love gives. I keep putting that design. But love gives at the expense of self. Because love desires to give. To fulfill purpose, it will cost you something. But if you purpose, I'm going to walk in love. And I'm always going to be willing to give at the expense of myself. On a church level, that means there will be times that I will give up a service to minister to somebody else's children. I will give at the expense of myself for the benefit of others because love desires to give and I love God. I will serve at areas that I don't even like being in. Thursday, I go to City Pastors Fellowship. They ask me, hey, will you be uh, uh, a table host? Yeah. Okay, a table host means when you go there, so we have all these past, I have all these friends that I've known for all these years. I used to like going there before they asked me to be a table host because I got to see all my friends. So our table, we got all of our friends together. We hung out. We had a great time with our friends at our table. Our table is laughing, having the best time. We're with our friends. Amen. But then they go, will you be a table host and sit with strangers? No. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Because you asked me to serve, and you need somebody to serve. In order for this event to work, in order for it to happen, you need people who will love and give at the expense of being with their friends to be so Fred Benzel and I were greeting pastors as they're coming in, making them welcome, getting them to fill out. How are you doing? Glory to God. Hey. Fred and I go, man, we never get to see each other anymore. So we're hanging. So we had a few moments there in the foyer, and then we go about our way. And I sat at a table with all strangers. And so I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying. And do you know where God put me? Right in between two young men who are planting churches that are just a year old. They both planted March of last year, one in the Arden uh, Arcade area and the other one in Notoma. A, a, a young uh, 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 
a Asian young man over here and an African-American man right here. So I'm sitting, I'm, in a, I'm ethnically diverse. And we're building friendship, and I'm praying. And, and, and then at the end, we come around, we're sharing things, they're asking me questions. And I go, yeah. I go, you guys planted? I said, me too. I said, I'm a church plant. And they go, when did you plant? I said, 1989. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking, we're having a great time. And then at the end, the Lord just had me pray, and I'm praying. And they got all done. They go, man, you covered everything. Amen. And so, but, but, but see, there's something in you that other people need. But you have to love at the expense of self. Yeah. You have to get up hanging at your table and having the best table and the most fun with your friends to go minister to people you don't know, may never see again. But so God can use you and he can manifest himself right. through you. Right. But it's too easy to come to church and just sit next to the people I always sit to. And talk to the people I always talk to and get together and hug the people I always hug. And we have the loudest hug. We have the best fellowship. We get together. Hey! Glory to God. Are we doing all right? But then, and never go past whatever you do, never go through that door. <laughs> never go there. There are children back there. You don't have the faith to survive. They will eat you, suck you into oblivion. You'll come at you. You'd be gone. Amen. Yeah. This is what I know. This is what I know. That every act of love is a seed sown. And if I'll sow that seed, I'll reap a harvest. Do you know what? If I would have just sat with my friend, do you mean how many friends I would have today? The same. The same. Do you know what? Because I sat with the table with strangers, do you know how many friends I have today? More. Do you understand that? And so unless you get past yourself, all you will ever have is the same. And until you take the leap of faith and believe and God has you at a season of opportunity for a time of purpose, all you will have is the same. And your Christianity will get mundane. It will get dry. And you'll feel like whether you come in or show up, it doesn't matter. Well, it's just Sunday. I know I like it. I know Pastor will be crazy. He'll be funny. He'll be nice. <laughs> and it will go out. It'll be great. And I'll see the same people. It'll be awesome. But if I don't go, it's okay, because pastor just going to be funny. It'll be great. It'll be, done. It'll be a good man. But, and so it doesn't matter. Are you with me? But if I'm hungry for, if I, if it ever gets in each one of us individually, I'm, cre- I'm created by God. Come on. Come on. You could look at it. Let me just What is this? What? It is. It's to watch. What was it made for? To what? To keep, to tell time, to keep time. For itself? Does it need to know? So it wasn't, it it was created, and a creator put all this ingenuity into it, and all the design, all the intricacy, and all that there to tell time. 
And it doesn't even need to know what time it is. It will never know that it's even telling time. It doesn't even know it's a watch. But it was created with purpose to bless whoever possesses it. Bill, can you come back? What did the God of purpose create you for? Not for yourself. Are you with me this morning? I know I'm preaching long, but you guys needed a lot of help today. Yeah. Amen. Why? You say, Pastor, why are you preaching like this? Why, do you, why are you so intense? Why do you preach like this? Why don't you just tell us nice messages like everybody else? I'll tell you why. Because one day you'll stand before God. Every one of us will stand before God and give an account. Paul literally wrote to the church at Corinth. We will all stand before God and give an account for the work done in this body. Whether it was good, precious jewels and stones, whether it lasts, whether whether it just gets burned up. As your pastor, I refuse to let you get to heaven to be a bonfire. Amen. We are not the church of the first holy bonfire of heaven. We're solid rock faith center. And we're going to be people of faith. We're going to believe God. And we're going to see God do exciting things through our lives together. Stand with me this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Next week we'll read Luke 16.